It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 65, King Saul versus Nahash the Ammonite. Welcome to Gory Guy Bible Hour. It's been about one month from the original anointing of Saul, and Saul has been appointed the kingship. In this month, it appears Saul returned home with some valiant men, and but he still remained in his previous occupation on his family land, cultivating and farming his land. He hasn't fought any battles, and he hasn't truly created much when it comes to civil administration. In essence, he hasn't done much at all, and I personally see it that Samuel was still effectively carrying on the government of the people because Saul wasn't doing much, thus the reason for the multiple appointments of him as king. But this will all change quite quickly, especially in this episode. We find in Samuel's address to the people later, the people cried out for a king for a variety of reasons, but one of them was because of a rising power to the east of the Jordan. Here's Josephus' description of Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, who was threatening Israel. Nahash had done a great deal of mischief to the Jews that lived beyond the Jordan by the expedition he had made against them with the great and warlike army. He also reduced their cities into slavery, and that not only by subduing them for the present, for which he did by force and violence, but by weakening them by subtlety and cunning that they might not be able to afterward get clear of the slavery they were under for him. For he put out their right eyes, and of those that either delivered themselves to him upon terms or were taken by him in war. And this he did, that when their left eyes were covered by their shields, they might wholly be useless in war. So this Nahash was an awful king, and he would put out one of his enemy's eyes to make sure they couldn't hold a shield or fight against him. I mean, this guy's bad news. And no doubt many of the Israelites had received this treatment as he advanced his kingdom towards Jabesh-Gilead. And when he parks his army at the gates of Jabesh-Gilead to the east of the Jordan, the people of Jabesh just freak out and offer a treaty with Nahash, which in essence was a possible surrender to Nahash. But here was Nahash's wicked and vile response. 1 Samuel 11.2 But Nahash the Ammonite replied, I will make a treaty with you only on the condition that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you, and so bring disgrace on all of Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Give us seven days so that we can send messengers throughout Israel, and if no one comes to rescue us, we will surrender to you. So the lines are drawn. Nahash offered terms to Jabesh Gilead. Here is his terms. Let me put out the eye of every one of you, the right eye of every one of you, and I will let you live as my subjects, or fight me. But there was more here. He ended it with this statement. To bring disgrace on all of Israel. No doubt as to the source of this last statement when you examine the name Nahash. The name Nahash means serpent. 
Wow, now the picture is coming together. A new enemy was rising against Israel, one who wanted to subjugate Israel and make a disgrace of her. A serpent, a king empowered by the devil, was coming to destroy Israel. Samuel was getting old, and his life was ebbing away, and there was no replacement for him, at least until Saul arrives. And the devil was eyeing his opportunity to destroy all the good that Samuel had done. Also, let's consider, too, that Nahash was an Ammonite, and this was a long-running feud. The Ammonites were the result of the incest between Lot and one of his daughters. It was the Ammonites were defeated time and time again by the Israelites, covering part of the modern-day region of the country of Jordan. The Ammonites were a source of embittered conflict with Israel. Putting it all together, Nahash, the ancestral serpent, desired to take Israel's vision away and enslave her. But the Lord had an answer, King Saul. 1 Samuel 11:4. When the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and reported these terms to the people, they wept aloud. Just then Saul was returning from his fields behind his oxen, and he asked, What is wrong with everyone? Why are they weeping? Then they repeated to him what the men of Jabesh had said. And when Saul heard their words, the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he burned with anger. He took a pair of oxen, cut them into pieces, and sent the pieces by messengers throughout Israel, proclaiming, This is what will be done to the oxen of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel. And then the terror of the Lord fell upon the people, and they came out together as one. What this looked like and how this came about, I really have trouble seeing it. I mean, he cut his ox into pieces and sent the pieces throughout Israel and threatened the people. This is definitely where I got the first lines of this podcast. Welcome to Gory Guy Bible Hour. This is intense. There's really some wild things in the Bible, and this is one of them. We can't miss it said, though, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul. And then a terror fell upon the people. This terror woke them up from their slumber and future enslavement and idol worship. Ever thought about it? I mean, maybe a terror from the Lord is a good thing every once in a while. I mean, I really like what Josephus said, that a divine fury came over him. I really like that. He would say this of Elijah as he outruns Ahab's chariot centuries later. But isn't that cool? A divine fury. Imagine what a divine fury would look like today. Now Saul just gets down to business, but what follows is some exceptional leadership, and I have to detail it because it's so exceptional. First, it's just wild that Saul was able to arouse 300,000 plus men to fight. This must have been a massive, massive army. Next, his communication was excellent as he warns Jabesh Gilead of their approach, and they use a ruse and trick Nahash into letting down their guard. And then he splits his forces in three and does a night attack. What an excellent example of military strategy. So that in the middle of the night, from the three sides, the Israelites just completely crush the Ammonites. 1 Samuel 11, 8. When Saul mustered them at Bezek, the men of Israel numbered 300,000, and those of Judah 30,000. They told the messengers who had come, Say to the men of Jabesh-Gilead, By the time the sun is hot tomorrow, you will be rescued. And when the messengers went and reported this to the men of Jabesh, they were elated. 
They said to the Ammonites, Tomorrow we will surrender to you, and you can do to us whatever you like. The next day Saul separated his men in three divisions. During the last watch of the night, they broke into the camp of the Ammonites and slaughtered them until the heat of the day. Those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. Josephus goes on and adds a little bit more detail. This glorious action was done by Saul and was related with great recommendation on him to all the Hebrews. And he thence gained a wonderful reputation for his valor. For although there were some of them that condemned him before, they now changed their minds and honored him and esteemed him as the best of men. For he did not content himself with having saved the inhabitants of Jabesh only, but he made an expedition into the country of the Ammonites and laid it all waste and took a large prey. And so they returned to his own country and most gloriously. So the people were greatly pleased at these excellent performances of Saul. Adding to his reputation, he was gaining as a fine leader, at least for now, which he displayed in abundance in this episode. Saul even displayed mercy when men who were brought before him that had previously questioned his leadership. And when requested by other bloodthirsty leaders, if these doubters should be executed, here is Saul's response. 1 Samuel 11:13 But Saul said, No one will be put to death today, for this day the Lord has rescued Israel. So when I consider this scene, I can almost see Samuel standing next to Saul, when the military leaders dragging the doubters to his power, and as Saul was considering putting them to death, he looks over at Samuel, who gently gestures for them to be released, and Saul confirms the council by releasing them. Unfortunately, later Saul will not have Samuel's wise counsel, but to cap the entire day and the military expedition off, Saul showed mercy. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, I have to unfortunately say that this is one of those high points of Saul's career. And the more I look into this account, he did so many things exceptional. What a far cry from the man who lost his donkeys or the man hiding in the baggage. Regardless of his past and future shortcomings, we have to rejoice in this episode, for it showed brilliant, aggressive, bold leadership. Unfortunately, the initial power of the anointing on Saul's life will ebb away, as Saul's character flaws invite disobedience and evil decision-making. In this episode, if you compare the decisions of Saul later to this scene, you can almost completely attribute the brilliance of Saul's decision-making in this episode, in this scene, to the power of the anointing that Samuel gave him. For that vial of anointing oil empowered him to achieve victory in this episode, but it will be his lack of character that will later arise with greater influence over him, and the anointing on his life and this lack of character and sin will actually cause him to lose the anointing as well. While David will understand the power of God, he will be able to maintain the anointing through his worship and his true relationship with God, while Saul will only be able to keep it temporarily. But as for now, we rejoice, for Israel is free from all its enemies to the east, and Israel has a king.
Hope you enjoyed this episode of Message to Kings. Stay tuned next week as Samuel renews the kingship and steps aside to surrender full power to King Saul. Feel free to visit the Facebook page and leave a comment or question. Or if you want to chat, email me at messageofkings at gmail.com.